What is up everybody? In this video, we're going to talk about photo assignment number 10, which is going to be exploring relationships between positive and negative elements in a visual composition. What the heck does that even mean? Well, typically positive elements of a composition or positive space is where you want the viewer's eye to go on the photograph. And I think the most obvious example of this is let's say you're shooting a portrait that you want the eye to go to the person in the portrait. That is the most important object in the composition. Now, anything else that exists in that photograph is typically referred to as negative space. And when this is done successfully, you want to eliminate distracting objects that don't need to be there, that are not supporting the composition. You want everything in that negative space to support the positive space. Now, this is easier said than done. In a studio situation, you can do something that's very minimal, that's very perfect and very classical in terms of that. You can shoot a headshot against a flat color or a pure black or a pure white, and you have a very minimalistic relationship between positive and negative space. The only thing that's being utilized is the positive space, and the negative space has no choice but to support that because it's just solid black, white, color, whatever it is. Now, that's a studio situation, but how does that relate to something like documentational photography or street photography or photojournalism or something that's a little bit different that's more improvised? Well, sometimes you can have more than one subject in your composition. You can have multiple people. You can have multiple different items that all create the story or that are trying to support what you're trying to communicate. And the negative space is all the other stuff. And how does that support it? And that's what I want to look at today. And we're going to look at the work by two different photographers that I think did this really well. The first person I'm going to talk about is Irving Penn. Now, Irving Penn did this in a very conservative manner, but he was an amazing photographer. He spent his career at Vogue magazine, photographed a lot of celebrities, a lot of fashion shoots, and has influenced generations of photographers, and I think the world of Irving Penn, and he was a huge influence on me. And today we're going to look just at the portrait work, because I think the, the, the beauty in this is in the subtleties. These are pretty much straight-on headshots of celebrities, typically, and if you look at something like the Miles Davis picture. This is a classic example of positive versus negative space. The negative space completely supports the subject, who is Miles Davis in this case. Now, Miles Davis, this was shot in the 80s, was a bit of a mysterious, somewhat enigmatic individual, and I think this photograph underlines that somewhat. Now, if you look at the way he's lit, and this is where I think lighting plays an essential role in this relationship, is that basically he's shot with one light from above that puts a real big highlight on those cheekbones. So it's almost like Al Hirschfeld or somebody who was doing characters, and you look at when he was able to draw a certain line and it kind of suggested a celebrity. Penn is not trying to be funny with this, but what Penn does is he's suggesting Miles Davis. You're getting almost a character. He's accentuating uh, facial features of Miles that make him very distinctive looking. And I think this is really beautifully done. Another one that I really like that, again, it's in the subtleties, and this is a portrait of another photographer. This is Helmut Newton. And it's a pretty conventional portrait. His head is resting on his hand. But if you look at what's going on in the background, you actually have contrasts that play against each other in, in kind of this opposing checkerboard type fashion of black and white in certain areas, but these support the composition. They support the head and they also support the hand. And again, notice how he's lit the cheekbone. Now, another thing that I think is really interesting that Penn began to do is a concept that people typically refer to as deconstruction of the image. Now, Penn shot in the Vogue studios and they were typically done on platforms with these built backdrops. And what he would start to do is pull the camera back a little bit to expose the lines of the set so you see the boundaries that go into it. And this had a lot of implications to it and it was kind of a radical thing for Penn to do. But what's interesting is visually, 
that becomes the negative space. You see the elements of the side of the backdrop or the, the, the way the platform is sitting up and the person standing on it, but they don't distract. They still support, no pun intended, or maybe pun intended, but they still support the subject of the photograph. And so I think that's the takeaway. And I think Penn is a classic photographer to look at because he's very conservative in his approach to this, but positive and negative space always must exist for a reason. And then when they become most successful is when they have a play where the negative space supports what's positive in the composition. Now, another photographer that I want to look at, who is another one of my favorites, uh, is Harry Callahan. And no, we're not talking about the Clint Eastwood character. There was a photographer named Harry Callahan who was wonderful. Harry is an amazing photographer, and I think one of the most impressive things about Harry's work is the range that he is capable of. You see everything from still life to botanical studies to nature studies with the famous picture of the trees and the snow. You see abstracts. You see uh, multi-layered, multi-exposure shots. Uh, you see portraits. You see street photography. Photography. You see architectural photography, he really ran the gamut and he did it in a way where you could kind of always tell it was Harry Callahan and I think that he really put a stamp on it. But what's interesting to me is to see how he did a certain play with things and he has an, a ton of pictures that he took of his wife Eleanor and uh, sometimes their daughter Barbara was in these as well. But these portraits end up being very interesting to me because typically when we think of portraits we think of an approach in a classical sense like what Irving Penn was doing where the subject is close up to the the camera and they dominate the composition. And a lot of these shots with Eleanor in them, she's not dominating the composition. Her figure is actually very small in terms of placement. Uh, and it could be something like, you know, this wonderful use of water in this picture where you see them. And there's even a third subject over the side, but nothing is distracting. The way the light works, again, is important and everything, this is very minimalist, supports the subject of the composition, which is his wife and daughter. Another one that's very interesting as well is this one that has kind of an architectural portrait feel to it. Now this is not a, exactly a minimalist background. There's a lot of shapes and a lot of geometry. But first of all, if you look at where they're placed in the composition, which is dead center, so your eye will be automatically sort of drawn there. But the way that the shapes and the lines and even the three-dimensionality of architecture leads your eye in and they're not distracted. It also helps that there's no other people in this shot. So again, a lot of times with positive and negative space, we are looking at contrasts and that can be contrasts of light. It can be contrasts of subjects. It could be all, anything that would be opposite of one another. Sometimes color plays into this too. In fact, speaking of color, there's another great photo that I love that Carrie Callahan took. And it's, it's the back of a woman walking, but the way that the composition is divided up, and what is the positive and the negative space in here? Because I think at first glance, our eyes are drawn to the red dress. It's obviously red, it's very vibrant in color. It is contrasting to the blue sky that you barely see on the upper right-hand side. But then I think she's more dividing the composition. The more you look at it, you realize that, well, what is the point of focus here? Is it the car? Is it the sky? Is it her? Is it the dress? Is it the pattern? There's no right or wrong answer, but the way the contrasts all work together, it creates that interest. And I think this is an extreme example of positive versus negative space. So that is two different photographers' approaches to positive and negative space. And this is something that we're going to talk about a little more over the next couple weeks. I'm gonna give you a full two weeks to do this assignment at least, and we'll see where everybody is, because I think this one requires a little bit of thought. And this is one of those that I really think needs to be one that, that you wanna push yourself outside of what you're used to doing and think a little bit differently and really put some effort into this and, and, and put some thought into it, because I think it's a really important thing. And the thing that I love about this whole concept of positive and negative spaces, essentially what we're doing is we're just looking at the relationship of objects in a visual composition. And so if you're the kind of person who does not really subscribe to rule of thirds or 
rule of odds or dynamic symmetry or geometry or anything that is a prescribed mathematical method for where things need to be placed in the composition, you don't need to worry about it because positive and negative space is simply exploring those relationships and it has, there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's just more successful ways to do it than others and that's what we're looking into on this. So anyway, you guys are all encouraged to participate if you have no idea what I'm talking about what the heck are photo assignments. These are these things that we do pretty much kind of every two weeks and they're these bi-weekly photo challenges and they are designed to improve our creative thinking and our skills as photographers. And if you want to know how to submit and how to participate and all that stuff, I did a whole video just for you. I will link to it up here. I will also put links in the show notes, so feel free to check them out. We've done nine of these so far, and this has become one of the favorite things that I do on this show. It's a chance for me to get to connect with you guys through photographs. The work gets better and better every week, um, and it's just a lot of fun. We, we've, we've had a, a really good time doing this, so I encourage people, if you're new, to participate as well, and go check out the other video. It'll show you exactly how you can submit your work. If you have any questions on this, please leave them in the comments and I will do my best to respond. Um, this stuff is a little bit different if you've never approached kind of a formal method towards visual composition and there could be questions, there could be thoughts, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of opinions. There always are. And so if you've enjoyed this video, please remember to like it, share it, subscribe to The Art of Photography for more videos. I will see you guys in the next one. Until then, later.